The best in the West in association with Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. We support local communities. We support you. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On today's podcast we're chatting to Cork Camogie star Orla Cronin. The Enniskeen woman is fast becoming one of Cork's most important players and she spoke to Kieran a little earlier on about her rise to the senior setup her ambitions for her future in a Cork jersey and her love of baking. We're also going to reflect on a cracking last 16 in Best of the West, our search for West Cork's greatest ever sports person. The Best in the West is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. Now, Kieran, before we hear from Orla, we have to talk about this fantastic spell of weather that we've been having. Have you been out enjoying the fine weather? How is the tan coming along? It looks quite good to me. I can see you, obviously, over this Zoom call, but maybe tell the people who are listening how your tan is coming along. The tan is coming along quite well, besides the farmer's tan in the arm, but I think everybody gets that. I, I was painting the weekend, and I was saying to you, this was off, off air earlier, I burned the back of my calves at the back of my knee, which I still don't know how I achieved that, because um, I was painting for hours, and the rest of it was fine, but maybe just the back of my knees probably don't see too much sun, um, so it was kind of an odd one, but besides that, just enjoying the good weather, because... As we all know, the Irish summers can be short and sweet and rather hot um, in that short spell. So no, it was nice to get out and about. What about yourself, Jack? You you must be struggling with the hair. To be honest, like I obviously, I, I took I took the jump last week and I got the haircut, um, kind of a lockdown haircut, and the relief that I felt was incredible. And we went for a walk yesterday on uh, well, Bank Holiday Monday, and. Um, it was hot, it was so hot, there wasn't a puff of air. And I actually thought of you, because I said, if I didn't cut my hair now, I said I'd be sweltering in the heat. I said, how is Jack surviving with that head of hair with him? So talk to me, Jack. I'm actually concerned for you. Are you dehydrated? Are you kind of are you under pressure with that, that head of Well, um, I probably am under a bit of pressure, but I did come to a decision over this past weekend that I'm actually going to just leave it grow long. My excuse throughout this whole situation has been oh yeah but sure the barbers aren't open what can you do I'll get it cut once the barbers reopen but it's kind of it's literally grown on me I'm starting to like the man I see in the mirror and every person I met over the last few days who um, who, 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 I, who I knew from before the lockdown they all said to me Jesus Jack um, I kind of I kind of like your hair so I was like hmm this is confirmation of what I'd been thinking already. So yeah, I'm going to keep the hair going. I was up cycling last weekend and obviously the hair and the sweat doesn't go hand in hand. So I've been wearing a bandana like John McEnroe did back on the Wimbledon courts in the 1980s. So that kind of keeps the hair and sweat out of my eyes. So yeah, no plans to get it cut. I'm just going to plow on as is for the foreseeable future. Um, I hope that answers your question sufficiently, Karen. It's an impressive head of hair, and to be honest, I, I can't think of any other West Cork person off the top of my head that has hair to rival yours now. And I know we have the best in the West going on, but maybe don't mind we could do something with the best haircut in West Cork or the wildest haircut in West Cork because, Jack, kind of, you're definitely kind of, you've been in the conversation. You would definitely be in the conversation for that. Yeah, I would like to think so. So if there's anyone out there listening who has a friend or a colleague who they also think has a baronet worth talking about send us in a picture of your friend or colleague's baronet and we'll judge it 
live on air next week. I'll give it a rank out of 10. See if it qualifies to be in consideration for Barnet of the Year 2021. But enough about my haircut, Kieran. You were speaking to Komogi star Orla Cronin recently, and we've been carrying her recipes in the Southern Star throughout the COVID lockdown. So not only is she one of the best Komogi players in Cork and in Ireland, she's also a talented baker. I know you mentioned to her that she might consider releasing her own cookbook one day. So tell us a little bit about your chat with Orla, the multi-talented Orla Cronin. Yeah, Orla from Inneskeen. Um, Orla was only six when she came to Cork Senior Camogie panel back in 2012, which is about eight years ago now. And she's only 24 now, so that's an already incredible longevity for, for someone so and she's four All-Irelands to her name. Um, it was good to catch up with her, like you mentioned there, Orla was very good to help us out with a couple of recipes going back a few weeks ago when, um, when the lockdown was just starting and I touched base with a, with a couple of local sports people to ask for their Netflix recommendations and Orla got to me and she goes she's not kind of huge into watching TV or Netflix but she loves baking and I said oh that, that, that sounds interesting so she sent me on a, re- she sent me on a recipe I, um, it was her healthy banana bread recipe that was the first one and it went down so well that for the next couple of weeks, um, Orla, there was chicken and chickpea curry, there was her her oat pancakes, um, her her blueberry tarts, um, just lovely, healthy, great recipes. And when, excuse me, when I was chatting to Orla, kind of, um, she said it, it is a passion of hers. And I suppose as an elite athlete, an intercounty county player, when you have to kind of, I suppose, um, be very strict, you could say, in what you eat and kind of take so much control over your diet to kind of. To get the kind of a peek into her world about kind of what it's like as an intercounty player, what you can eat, what you can't eat, and so on, was quite interesting. So to catch up with Orla, we talked about that, and even just her own Camogie career. Um, like I said, she's 24, and she started off this year so well, Jack. She um, she scored nine points in both the wins against Waterford and Kilkenny in the Division One of the National Camogie League. And I'd actually talked to Paddy Murray earlier in the year, and he was saying it's now time for Orla to kind of start flourishing. He we rate her as probably the best centre forward in the game at the moment, and he included hurlers in that. He said she just has it all in terms of movement and so on. So she's a player who's definitely on the up. She's definitely improving. There's a lot more to come. So it, it was a great chat. It was a wide ranging chat from from our heroes to kind of where she sees herself. The fact that there's more to come. So. Um, Good stuff again from Orla. Um, we're, deli- we're delighted to be joined on the podcast this week by Cork Carberry in his skiing Camogie star Orla Cronin. Um, welcome to the podcast, Orla. Thanks a million, Kieran. Yeah, sure. Look, delighted to be here. Um, before we check Camogie, I just have to say a big thank you to you, Orla, because you um, a couple of weeks back there we ran a series of your recipes in the Southern Star, and it proved a huge hit. Um, you um, I'm just going to go through there. You had healthy banana bread, you had chicken and chickpea curry, oat pancakes, rhubarb crumble, and the ladies in the office, even the fellas in the office, they went down a treat. And I know from just chatting to people around West Cork, they really enjoyed it as well. So a um, big thank you for everyone in the star for your, for your recipes. And have you always had an interesting kind of cooking and baking? And where did that come from? Um, yeah, I suppose I did. I guess I probably really got into it once I started college. Um, you know, you kind of, obviously, you're not depending on your mother to cook for you there. So, um, and then I guess with sport, then, you know, you're always kind of looking into your diet and things like that. And the last few years, yeah, I suppose I just used to try out, you know, different recipes. And obviously, there's so many, you know, so much advice out there now on the right diet to have during training and, you know, what's going to benefit you the most. So, I guess I just kind of was like looking into lots of different recipes um be it online or through cookbooks or anything like that and then kind of used to go off my own you know I think that's the thing with cooking as well you can kind of throw in your own twist to it in a lot of ways so yeah like I mean I'd love to have probably more time I guess it was it was brilliant there during you know the first few weeks when things were where everyone had a bit more time for themselves that I was able to do that so you know it was great fun um but yeah, I was laughing like even the other day I met my neighbour and she was saying how 
you know, she had a bone to pick with me and I said, you know, what, what was that for? And then she was like, I made all those recipes, you know, from the star or whatever. And she said she was eating them, but she loved them. So it was kind of nice to hear that as well. So, you know, like maybe down the line, all right, she'd like to put more time into it. But it is, it's a nice kind of hobby to have anyway, I think. And like you said there, I suppose over the years being involved with the Cork Senior Panel, there's so much focus on eating the right foods and kind of eating healthy. Kind of for you, what's that like then? Kind of, kind of, are you ever tempted to kind of go for that kind of packet of biscuits in the corner or that bar of chocolate? Like, how do you balance up kind of treating yourself with eating the right food? Yeah, um, like that's definitely something I'd say a lot of athletes have to think about. Um, and I'd say I've been a few years trying to, you know, figure out what's the best way to kind of manage, you know, my eating or what I need. But, you know, a lot of people can probably restrict themselves a lot. But when you're training a lot, you need to be fueling up and it's kind of fueling with the right foods. And, you know, especially, I guess, for me as well, the few injuries I've had now, they've never been major, thank God. But like even just for coming back from injury as well, you know, fueling right is so important. Um like I don't, I don't say no to the bad stuff, you know, all the time. You know, you have to include that in your diet as well. You know, I think there shouldn't be really any restriction there. But it's just, I guess, you want to be eating, you know, mostly whole foods and, you know, uh, things that are gonna fuel your training properly. So, um, I mean, it's great, really, when you're training, you can eat, you can eat more maybe than a lot of other people. But um, yeah, no, I mean. There's a, there's a good balance there as well. You need to treat yourself too. You never know what the Oracle cookbook could be out and, and, and time on the shelves for Christmas this year. We'll have to watch this space. But um, I'm going to rewind back to the start of this year before the whole COVID-19 pandemic kicked in. And Cork, you, you had a good start to, to the league and you had a good win over Waterford in the first game. And that was a game where you scored nine points or that. And I remember talking to Paddy Murray after that game and the Cork manager and he was telling me, kind of, for the year ahead, he goes, I think it's time for, for Orla to start flourishing. And I'm going to read you a quote to what he said. He said, her play is exceptional. As a centre-forward, she has the best movement that I've ever seen in that position. And I include hurlers in that. If anyone win to just watch her movement during a game, it's top drawer. She has the ability to lead this team more this year as well. Um, when you hear praise like that from, from Paddy Murray, what, what, what's that like? Uh, yeah, sure, it's great. Like... I mean, happy to know that I'm doing some, you know, I'm doing the right thing anyway. Um, but like, sure, I mean, I've been there now, what is it, like nearly seven years or something like that. And, you know, I guess I've been playing centre forward as well that whole time. So it's definitely a role that you can kind of adapt and develop into. So um, I guess as well around, you know, under Polly Murray and like say all the coaches, Kevin and um that we've had in the past few years you know they've definitely helped me improve my game and you know making those sort of runs to create space or you know making runs to get on another phase of play and setting up and then even this year I suppose I was nearly finding myself in more attacking you know finishing kind of plays that kind of thing so it was like it was a nice start to the year we had a few um we had some change as well in management as well this year and coaching and things. So it's always nice to get new voices in there as well. Um, that can help you improve your game even more. Um, it was a funny start to the year, all right, in that we only had two games. We had so many games cancelled with the weather even before um, the COVID-19 thing came in. So um, like it's disappointing, I suppose, in one way because we probably felt we were going well and you know we could have possibly reached the league final again. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, we can't rule we can't rule that out either. You know, there may be something at the end of the year. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it was a great start of the year, and it was great. I guess there was again there was more younger players coming up as well, and you know a few of the um, girls that have been there in previous years not around. So it was kind of a nice start to the league for us. All right. You mentioned there, kind of it's the, some of the younger players coming up. The likes, I suppose, Kiro Sullivan of Newcastle and. Party's kind of made a point of bringing on some younger players into the panel this year with the likes of Aoife Murray retiring and so on. And so now all of a sudden, Orla, kind of, even though you're only 24, I think, is it? You're, yeah. you're now one of the kind of the senior players in the panel because you first came on the panel in 2012, I think it was, and you were only 16. So we're now in 2020. So was that just eight or nine years, I think, you've, you've been there. Mm-hmm. So 
do you feel that responsibility yourself that you're now seen as one of the senior members and that you, you're there to help those, those new players coming on board? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think, I suppose you kind of get that. That's not really a title, but you nearly kind of feel that responsibility yourself anyway, you know. Um, I'd say that would probably be the same for the likes of Laura Tracy and Amy O'Connor, obviously. You know, the three of us have probably been around around the same time. And I guess we learned a lot from the players before us, you know, say, like the Gemma, Aoife, or Lakata. You know, we've learned a lot from them over the years. And I guess we kind of probably transitioned into almost into their boots, you know, are close enough to it, you know. So I think the years kind of seem to go by fast and all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, being one of the or older, maybe more experienced players on the team. So I think it probably comes naturally to most of us to kind of step up and lead, you know, when, when we're asked that. So um, we do have a responsibility, all right, to now show those new players coming in, you know, how they can, how they can develop and improve as well as the seasons go along. When you go back to the start, so go back to 2012 when you were 16 and Paddy Murray brought you in and you were looking up at the likes of, of the Jimmes and, and the Aoife Murrays and, and so on. Um, what was it like coming on board that Cork Senior panel as someone so young? I think you were still in secondary school at the time, so you were really quite new to it all. Yeah, um, like when I look back at it now, it was definitely daunting. I, I, like, I was probably fierce shy and like, um, you know, quite quiet back then. Um, was just playing well. I was playing away with Cork, all right, under 16 and um, probably minor. But obviously, you know, when Potty gave me a call, I was like, you know, definitely wanted to, to give it a go. But I do remember being fierce nervous going to my first training session because it was halfway through the summer as well, you know, it was after the minor championship or under 16 championship or something. Um, so that that summer really was just a whole new kind of experience, you know introduction to a whole different intense level of training and you know playing with all these you know great names that you would have heard or would have watched probably a few years previous um so yeah it was a massive learning curve that year for me um but you know I think all I, I actually got to go to yeah we went to the All-Ireland final that year against Wexford and that was you know unbelievable like um uh, probably experience for me um, so then, yeah, the following year in 2013, I was focusing probably more on school that year and I guess, you know, time commitments and everything, I did have to kind of weigh it up um, and I had the minor, you know, Cork set up to focus on as well, as well as club. We won the junior county that year as well. So I took that year out and then the following year in 2014, I went back after my leaving cert and then I suppose I haven't looked back from there, you know, playing with Cork. Um, but definitely that kind of introduction to it for me in 2012 I think um, set a good foundation for me and you know I knew what was expected then to try make it um, onto the team so I suppose you, you've really found your feet at Intercounty level too kind of four All-Ireland titles cleared a match in an All-Ireland final like I said now you're, you're you're 24 now you're kind of coming towards your prime years over the next couple of years do you really feel that the best of Orla Cronin is to come that over the next couple of years Cork fans will see the very best version of Orla? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I think I've, I've so much more to work on and I think I'm building kind of every year, you know. Um, you know, I still feel highly motivated to, I even feel like I've so much more in myself, you know, to, to do. So I would say, yeah, hopefully, you know, in the next few years and, you know, however many years I'll still hopefully be able to play for that. I'll keep improving every year, you know. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Like, you know, so it's um, yeah, it's enjoyable and it's exciting. Um, obviously, you know, probably like every other athlete, they're probably disappointed of this break, you know, a bit. But we can't do anything about that. And I guess you know we have to just set those goals. And you know, eventually, once once sport returns, we can we can get back to doing what we love, you know, and trying to improve on those um potentials that we have, hopefully. We were chatting obviously earlier just about you as a as a centre forward, but would you look at centre forwards in, in, in other codes, kind of from from hurling to the Gaelic football, or even in Camogie itself, and look at their movement and what they do to try and improve your game? And is there anyone that you that you try and kind of take little bits off, kind of clean little bits of information off? Um, yeah, I definitely I'd look at hurlers a lot, I suppose. You know, like I guess in a way when I was growing up. 
you know, my heroes were probably the male, the male teams, you know, and I was looking at the likes of, you know, Sean O'Halphine and that, you know, that Cork team back in 04, 05. So a lot of those players I would have been looking at growing up. Um, and even now, you know, if I look at the current players, you know, the likes of TJ Reid or, um, you know, any of those Richie Hogan kind of centre forward players, you know, or Noel McGrath, I suppose, especially for me um, up in tip. Those players stand out for me as half forward or, you know, midfielders. Um, and I would probably take a lot of, you know, uh, inspiration off those kind of players as well, their movement, you know, how they're uh, able to get away from players, that kind of thing. Like, I do love the whole technical side of, you know, looking into, you know, how you can perform at your best or little things to uh, beat your defender. So, yeah, I would definitely watch those hurling games, you know, very closely. Um you know, same with football. I think that movement in football can be very much translated into our own game, you know. Um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, there's so much more running in football. But, I mean, you have to do as much, if mo- if not more, in in camogie and in hurling, in, a- in any other sport to create that space. So, yeah, like I definitely would look at other um, uh, players and athletes and everything, you know, to see where I can bring that into my own game as well. And I suppose getting the right balance between skill and work rate is very important too, because especially around the middle eight there, like it, it, it does get hot and heavy, it, it does get very frantic. So is that something you found over the last couple of years, kind of even fitness-wise and work rate-wise, work rate wise, that you've had to up your game kind of as Kobe gets faster? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I always remember Breach would say to us, you know, um, if you're if you're not getting on the ball, you know, at least the very least you can do is, you know, work and run and, you know, those chances will kind of break for you, you know. You know, they will come. And I guess there was a few years there where, you know, I might have felt a bit frustrated, wasn't getting on maybe some ball because, you know, teams maybe like to avoid kind of centre and keep it away from that kind of area or whatever. But, um, you know, with that as well, you kind of have to look into your mindset and, you know, are you going to remain composed because you might only get very little opportunity in the game to get on the ball. And, you know, once you do get on it, then you, you do have to remain focused. And, you know, you can't let that build up in your head as well. So, yeah, like I've, I've had different um, experiences there, you know, with games where, you know, some days you might be on it straight away. Another day, you know, there may not be much coming your way. But, you know, as long as you can kind of stay in the moment and, you know, don't let any negative thoughts get into your head, you know, you will do something positive. And like you said there, you know, it's like the work rate or just the skill, you know, when you're not on the ball, just trying to do any little thing to, you know, keep you in touch in the game and keep, you know, uh, you know, helping out your, the players around you as well. You know, that all kind of, um, you know, it helps your mindset and everything during the game as well. You mentioned about kind of heroes growing up. Um, you didn't have to look too far, Orla. Your, your brother Stephen, a Cork minor, under 21, I think, and he was at Aaron's own as well. Um, hurling, was that such a big part of your house growing up in the scheme? Yeah, massive. Um, it was huge, really. Like, my dad, um, my, both my parents are Kilbritton people, so my dad was, you know, a mad Kilbritton hurler, um, would have played for them for years, and then he managed um, the intermediates hurling team in 95 and around that kind of era so when I was kind of born when they won the county and I came around that year so um I don't know like sure since I've been growing up anyway all I know all I remember really is going to games with my dad um and like that Stephen as well he's a few years older than me so when I was you know maybe only 10 or 11 he was probably playing um with the minor team and yeah I just have you know fierce good memories of going to his matches um and his games uh with dad and with my family and you know there was all this chat about it at home um and you know anytime I could go outside and puck with Stephen I'd be delighted you know I was probably like the annoying younger sister you know like asking him to go out and you know show me how to do this show me how to do that but it definitely rubbed off on me because I was obsessed you know and I'd say every day coming home from school, I was popping up against the wall. And like we've got kind of, you know, the gable end here is probably a higher wall. And then behind us, there's a lower one. And I'd say I used to be 
you know, nearly making match scenarios in my head there. So since I was young, so yeah, I I was just really into it and loved it. Um, and that has definitely come from my parents and you know through Stephen's through Stephen playing as well. But you know, as a family as a whole, we're all we're all very into it. You know. When you're looking, I suppose, around Bellinini in the scheme, kind of, it's a, it's a hotbed for sport. Fidili, Ireland's fastest woman, John Caulfield, obviously Cork City legend, and he's there since the, the mid-80s. Mary's have done great stuff in, in the football over the years. But for you, it was always hurling, kind of, and hurling and camogie. Did you ever play any other sports, kind of, did try kind of football and so on? And what was it eventually that decided, you decided to settle on camogie? Uh, yeah, so I played football, um, like, when I was younger, like I played hurling with the boys, I also played football with the boys as well. Um, same in school, I would have played, you know, football with Shkina School um, and Camogie. But I guess, I suppose there was no ladies football team around here. And, you know, I didn't decide to venture, you know, to Donnie's or to to Oliver Plunkett's or anywhere like that. Um, I guess I was doing, I used to do like, uh, disco dancing as well when I was younger and um, you know I used to play a bit of tennis there used to be tennis down here in the local club as well so I guess at the time I felt like I probably had a lot you know there was probably a lot of sports I was already doing um, so I never got into the football side of things um, or soccer but I mean when I was in school then sure I was like playing hockey as well and you know love playing all sorts of sports so um I don't know, I guess time-wise in the end, it just seemed that Kenobi was kind of the one that I wanted to stay playing at full-time, you know. It's great too, like you mentioned there, you're involved in all these different sports. And as a, as a young kid growing up and for any, for any kid around West Cork, it's great to try out all the different sports before you settle on one, kind of. Like you said there, there was hockey, football, kind of disco dancing, kind of all that. So like that's good for kids just to kind of try as much as they can when they're younger before they kind of focus on one. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I have great memories, you know, of going to all those kind of different clubs and activities, you know, um, just try them out, you know, it's great. And like, even in, even in school, like PE wise, you know, you see there, there's probably a lot of girls in particular that don't want to do PE. And I used to always wonder why, because I used to think it was, you know, the best class of the week, um, just to get out and, you know, get moving, do some sort of thing. So yeah, like, I think it's really important and like, you know, there's, even when you look at all the sports in West Cork alone and all these athletes that we have, you know, covering a range of different um, sports, um, you know, it's definitely, you'll find something that, you know, you could get really good at and you could, you know, commit to doing your whole life and you love it. So, yeah, like, definitely encourage everyone to try them out, you know. We can't not talk about Inneskeen Camogie Club and then... Whenever we talk about Orla and Inniski Kamogi Club, the name Dermot Curtin always pops up. He's, he's a great man for stories about you over the years. And like people like Dermot and, and people involved in Inniski Kamogi Club, how important have they been in your development, in your rise up through the years? Yeah, like Dermot's been unreal, sure. He was, he was nearly like second dad to me there, you know, growing up with all these games, the amount of games he's brought me to, you know. Um, but yeah, like he has done. Um, you know, wonders for in a scheme Kamogi really. Um, you know, there wouldn't be a match played without him. Um, so there's there's a load and like he's probably sparked the interest of Kamogi as well in the in the community, you know, because in the last few years, you know, I'd say the numbers that we get underage is is brilliant. And, you know, we've had a few good under 14, 16 minor teams coming through. So it's all down to people like him and, you know, be it parents of girls that are playing or just, you know, avid Kamogi or, you know, hurling supporters that get involved. It's brilliant, you know, to um, keep the club going. Um, so, yeah, I've had, I've been very lucky, you know, I've had very good coaches growing up and, you know, good advice from everyone. And, you know, you kind of appreciate that more as you go on, I feel, and you kind of look back and, you know, you kind of realise, you know, I wouldn't be here really without the help of those around the community and, you know, from your family at home and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's brilliant. I was in this game, you've had a good few battles with Nooses down over the years, even go back to last year's county inter- intermediate final. How close do you think in this game are to taking that next step and moving up a level? Um, I think, I mean, we're definitely close. Like, um, I mean, it's disappointing. We probably... Uh, 
well, we are very disappointed with ourselves, I suppose, after losing um, that final and, you know, losing a few other games as well. Cause, but, you know, it's we've good players, as I said, you know, coming through. Um, I think every year is definitely a learning curve for us. And, you know, we're not far off it at all. Um, like Musa saying, obviously, a very, you know, they're a good team and, you know, they're deserving winners. Um, but, yeah, like I think another, well... Who knows when we're going to be able to have a crack at it now again. But um, no, we're, we're not far off at all. So, you know, we'll keep working. And I think every year we learn we learn something, you know, a bit more about ourselves. Um, and yeah, we'll see where we go now from there. We're running a competition at the moment called Best in the West. It's kind of, it's our search for West Cork's greatest sports person. And there's with a shortlist of 16 and it's been whittled down um, as you move towards the quarterfinals and so on. What I'd like to ask you, Orla, who your kind of, um, favorite West Cork sports star was over the years. Someone who kind of who maybe inspired you, some kind of a role model or hero you looked up to. Would anyone stick out? Um, yeah, well, definitely. I probably have two standing out to me anyway. Um, with Jenny O'Leary and Phil Healy, like for Jenny anyway. Sure. As I said, when I came on that year there in 2012, she was probably one of the girls that I first met and. You know, it was always really um, nice to talk to and, you know, very just admirable, you know, sports player. Um, like, I think she showed, you know, some development over the years, you know, when she was playing as well. And I suppose she was a free taker. She was a forward. She was fast, you know, very strong. And, you know, she was the kind of player that I looked up to. Um, so definitely her, you know, would stand out to me. And then... For my neighbour here at home, Phil Healy, I think what she's done in the last few years has been unbelievable, you know, and she's now like Ireland's fastest woman and is, you know, breaking these records every time, you know, we see it. So um, her dedication to training and, you know, I, you follow her there on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, the training just looks unreal. And yeah, she's, you know, you'd be proud to have someone like her within your community. So yeah, she's definitely a standout for me as well. Phil is, is probably lost to the, the Inneskeen Camogie team too. You could just picture her wing back or wing forward, bombing up and down the line, couldn't you? I know. We could do it, her, <laughs> Like You mentioned there, Jennifer, um, Jennifer O'Leary, kind of what an incredible role model she's been for, I suppose, young GA players and all GA players in West Cork, kind of eight all-stars for all Ireland. She's one of the greatest Camogie players, I think, Cork in the game has, has ever seen. Um, like you mentioned there, she was a role model for, for you, growing up as well kind of what stands out to you about Jennifer as, as a Camogie player what, what made her so good yeah I think Jenny like always wanted to better herself you know um you know I don't think she, if you know maybe there was a game she didn't feel she went well or if there was a training session you know she would always want to you know make a right or whatever improve it you know she was every year like she's come back I felt she wanted to you know get better and better and I think that kind of attitude, you know, stood out to me, um, you know, on the pitch. Like, I think that game in 2014, she got, you know, that really important goal against Kilkenny in the final that probably made the difference for us winning. And I think when we look back at stats now, maybe the follow, following year or something, she touched maybe something like five balls or something in that whole 60 minutes. And, you know, when, when you think about it, you wouldn't have thought it was that little. But the amount of ground she covered, you know, the amount of work she got through. And then, you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, how you may not touch the ball as much, but when you do, you kind of have to make a count. And, you know, that's what Jenny did. Like, she got the ball and, you know, she, you know, took on a load of players and scored that vital goal. So it's that kind of, you know, headstrong mentality and, you know, never kind of giving up and, you know, taking those moments when they present to you that would definitely stand out to me, you know, from Jenny as a player. She that's kind of leadership there for you, you know. So yeah, unreal. Hopefully we'll get to see some G action this year. We don't know, I suppose it's all it's all up in the air. But are you hopeful of getting back out in the Camogie fields and maybe towards the end of the year? What are your own thoughts on what's going on? Um yeah, it's it's very hard to know. I think everyone's a bit hearing different things. Um I kind of feel, you know, you'd be hoping they you know, keep this 
uh, virus, you know, under control. And I suppose there's probably a lot more potential for something happening if that is the case. But I guess it all depends on the next month. You know, I think the next month will tell us a lot. Um, but I am hopeful. I mean, I think if there was a way that they could, you know, kind of make a safe return to sport, I mean, I would, I would definitely love to, you know, but um, obviously only if it's safe to do so. Um, but yeah, I would be hopeful that there may be something. Now, it, it obviously would be very different, but I guess, I don't know really if, if people are thinking the same, but I would definitely like to be playing something anyway at some stage in the year, you know. Hopefully we'll see you back in the Camogie fields before the year's out, leading in a scheme, Carberry and Camogie on the, the hopefully glory. So come here, Orla, thank you so much for taking the time to join us um, and we'll chat to you again soon. Perfect. Thanks, Eileen, Ian. The Best in the West in association with Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. We support local communities. We support you. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And we're going to focus our minds now on Best in the West, our search for West Cork's greatest ever sports person and on bank holiday monday just passed we held the final tie in the round of 16 it saw phil healy overcoming west cork's greatest ever jockey noel feely to advance to the quarterfinals and what we're going to do now is look back on the last 16 pick out some categories some of the eye catchers market movers as they would say in the betting game so, Kieran, do you want to just maybe before we look back, let's look forward briefly, and we're going to do a deeper dive into the quarterfinals later in the week. But maybe just give us a rundown of the quarterfinal ties. So we're down to the last eight, Jack, and the quarterfinals kick off this Friday, which is June fifth, and they'll run through from that Friday through the next Monday. So we have Bill Daly against Graham Kente on Friday. Then on Saturday, it's Keith Cronin up against Jennifer O'Leary. Then on Sunday, Paul O'Donovan against Niall Cahillan, which could be possibly the tie of the round. And then on Monday, we have David Hart against Bill Healy. So eight really, really talented um, sports people left in the hunt for best in the West, Jack. Absolutely. And um, obviously, with anything like this, there are going to be some big names that get knocked out early doors. Who were some of the big names that you thought would have gone further in the competition I'm thinking about the likes of Conor Howrahan who was beaten in one of the ties of the round in the last 16 and we're going to pick out our tie of the round in a second but which of the athletes that didn't make it through the round of 16 were you most not disappointed in but most surprised by I suppose you look at Conor Howrahan like you mentioned there he lost out to Keith Cronin in their last um, their last 16 tie and it was a tie with the most amount of votes as well it went right down to the wire um, obviously Keith Cronin is a very popular guy in West Cork kind of from Betty Dickey four time British ready champion um, but he was up against Conor Horan who's a Premier League footballer an, an Irish international with 17 caps to his name the only West Cork man in the Premier League about great soccer export and Conor was someone who I thought could go could go far in this competition but um, Cronin mobilised his, um, his, his followers and it was a, an epic that, that, that was an epic clash to be honest with you um, another kind of interesting one was Jennifer O'Leary against Nolly Cleary uh, we mentioned on last week's podcast Jack that that was a 50-50 that was so so tight and it proved to be very very tight um, Jennifer got through that 52% to 48% um, but Nolly just as easily had won that so two very tight ones but to see to see Connor get knocked out and Nolly get knocked out um, we lost two big names right there I think it's interesting what you said about Keith beating Connor there and how his supporters were mobilised um, for lack of a of a better word because another of the minority or niche sports is obviously road bowling and Bill Daly came through his tie quite comfortably in the end and I think there's something in that in that the smaller more minority sports their followers their supporters their members are almost I wouldn't say more passionate than the supporters of other sport but they'll really get behind their own because 
they'll probably know them personally in some in, in some stretches like the soccer community in West Cork there's probably very few of them have ever met Conor Howerton so they probably don't have that massive connection but you can imagine rally fans across the region and across the country because we saw rally fans voting from every corner of Ireland and even from the UK they'll probably all know Keith and have met Keith on the circuit so they really got behind their man similar to how the road bowling community both in West Cork and in the north got behind Bill Daly yeah sometimes it's kind of uh, it's like out of sight out of mind when you look at Conor Horan like he left Bendham when he was 16 and he's been across in England since then if you look at Monday's um, last 16 tie Noel Feely against Phil Healy Phil was a convincing winner of that and Noel Feely from Copreen obviously West Cork's greatest ever jockey but he's been gone from here for a long long time even though he does come back to visit a lot so and it's sometimes when, when our, our best sports people probably aren't kind of displaying their wares here at home, sometimes you forget about what they've achieved and what they've done. And I think that could be the case with Conor Horan and Noel Feely. And that's why they were two of the kind of higher profile casualties of the of, of the first round. And I was, I was talking to Jamie Wall for a piece for this week's star. And like he was making the point was, Horan is a Premier League footballer. He said he didn't even get through to the last eight. He said kind of it just shows the caliber of um of sports people here here in West Cork. So there is the that kind of sense that um the likes of Northfield and Conor Horan, the fact that they are living and working abroad, that maybe people back here at home, while they are aware of what they've achieved, they mightn't be kind of have that as close link to some of those to let's let's say Key Crown or a, or a Grand Henty, for example, or a Phil Healy from who were already aware of, of, of what she's achieved or maybe people just don't like soccer because John Caulfield was also a victim of not gaining much support in his last 16 tie so we we thought he might mobilise the Cork City faithful or the West Cork soccer faithful but it wasn't to be for him you mentioned the Keith Cronin and Conor Howard and Clash having well over a thousand votes how is the pickup in generally um from what i can see people are getting behind this and they're really getting behind their favorites 100 percent um so it's kind of like this is going to go on for a couple of weeks which is great you know kind of um and there's a nice gap in between each round so it almost gives the, the different troops who are behind there to support for their favourite it gives them a chance to kind of re-energise and get ready for the next round so we've a nice little gap now before the quarterfinals kick off on on Friday and it's definitely generating debate um, and I've still got a couple of tweets to begin and a couple of messages about how come this person wasn't there how come that person wasn't there but like these lists are objective you know kind of um, I'm still very very happy with the, the shortlist of 16 that we've picked and you can see from our eight, our eight quarterfinalists, each and every one of them is a potential winner, and you can make a justifiable case for each and every one of them as well. Um, from Bill Daly, who's a former two-time world road, road bowling champion, Graeme Kenty, the defender captain Cork to the 2010 All Ireland, Keith Cronin, a rallying legend, Jennifer O'Leary, an eight-time Camogie All Star, Paul Donovan, the greatest Irish roar of all time, Niall Cahillan, one of the most iconic. Cork footballers there was, one of the greatest defenders the game has ever seen, David Hart probably still the world's best hockey goal was for two years in a row, and then you Healy fastest woman in Ireland and as coach Shane McCormick told us last week as well the best Irish sprinter of all time so that's the eight who've made it true so to pick a winner from this eight Jack is going to be quite tough and that's what we're looking forward to the, to the quarterfinals this weekend, just to see how the voting goes and which which sports get behind their, their their own star because it's been whittled down now kind of um like we've one road bowler one one um, ready driver one rower one hockey player three left in the GA with a couple of GA casualties in, in the in the last sixteen and we've an athletic star so kind of there's room here now there's time for sports to really back their person and drive them on to the semi final which of the remaining eight has to do better here and obviously they all won their last 16 ties so you would say how can they do any better than that but were there any that were closer contests than you may have expected or that didn't garner as much public support as you may have predicted 
Um, if I had to say one who probably needs more to come in behind him, I'd actually say Paul O'Donovan, which is kind of quite surprising um, considering Olympic silver medalist, four-time world champion, the greatest Irish roar there was. But Paul beat John Caulfield quite convincingly, but the votes weren't that high. And I just looked, Paul O'Donovan has taken on Niall Cahillan of Castlehaven in, in their quarter-final. And... Um, Niall Cahillan will get big support and Cahillan are great supporters of him and even the wider GA community will come in behind Niall Cahillan so Paul O'Donovan really needs the Rowan community to row in behind him on Sunday in, in, in no their, their quarter-final I think <laughs> I think Jack, what, what could happen here is the fact that Rowan I don't want to call it a minority sport or a niche sport but it mightn't have the following obviously that GA has especially here in West Cork where Gaelic football is king and even though rowing has done so much to put West Cork on the map obviously it's not at the level that, that Gaelic football is in terms of, of people involved and, and reach and so on so um, I think for people who do think that Paul O'Donnell is the best in the West they need to come out on Sunday and they need to vote for him because he's a he's a tough task up against Nike Helene. Um so yeah if I had to pick one I think Paul O'Donnell is someone who who needs his troops to be mobilised and he needs, I suppose, the wider West Cork community, if they do think he's the best in the West, they need him to come in behind him. And before we wrap up this segment, Kieran, of the eight, who is the one to watch? Who surprised you by how well they done in the last 16? How much support they managed to drum up and they may have even sprung a shock. Who, who Who's... So just to to give some context on our first preview of best in the west both yourself myself and jordan mccarty all put paul donovan forward as the outright favorite has your opinion changed over the course of the last 16. Um, if i'm looking at how the voting panned out in the last i think the the, the big one this saturday when keith cronin takes on jennifer o'leary um their two last 16 ties were the highest Voting and Keith Crohn's would have come hundred votes, and Jennifer Leary not clearly was a cracker. That was in around eleven hundred, and they were the biggest polls. So it'll be interesting to see who emerges from their quarter final on Saturday, and and whoever comes out of that will be in with a good shout. I think kind of 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 getting to the final, and so it could be interesting. That could be from Keith Crohn and Jennifer Leary. You're possibly looking at one of the finalists emerging from there I know the followers of Graham County and Bill Daly would have something to say about that so I think we learn a lot more this weekend Jack in terms of voting trends and who gets behind who um, like I said we have a couple of days out before it kicks off so people from the different sports if you're a Nike Helene fan if you're a Phil Healy fan um, you, you you know when their quarterfinal is on so you, know you have to vote for them and like I've been saying on social media the last couple of days after you vote, retweet the vote and, and ask for your friends and followers to, to vote for your favourites um, because we're celebrating the best in West Cork here we're celebrating their sport and achievements and like I said the eight left now are all potential winners in their own right and they're all deserving winners in their own right as well so to answer your question, has my opinion changed? It probably has a small bit um, if you're looking kind of outside of Twitter polls who is the best in the West like Paul O'Donovan would 100% be right up there at the top of it but here is it's it's, um, it's not a popularity contest but you're you're looking for your your sports almost to kind of push you we saw in the first round was the motorsport community 100% came in behind and Keith Cronin and we saw the 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 local GA community and the, the Camogie side coming behind Jennifer O'Leary. So Paul O'Donovan needs to row behind him. Bill Healy needs the, the athletics community in West Cork and beyond to come in behind her. And someone I haven't actually mentioned is David Hart. Um, um, David Hart is obviously, he's abroad. He's uh, He plays he's hockey with, with Ken Pong over in the Netherlands and he's been living abroad for some time now. And he's someone too that probably needs the kind of the West Cork hockey community and the, the wider kind of hockey community to kind of to kind of push him as well so he's qualifying against Phil Healy would be very interesting on Monday that's David Hart up against Phil Healy and um, I think what's intriguing Jack it's just the different sports up against each other kind of we've Paul O'Donovan a skibbering roar up against a legendary Castlehaven footballer Niall Cahillan 
when before could you ever see Paul O'Donovan versus Al-Kahlan on, on Twitter or in the Southern Star but that's the battle that I'm looking forward to on Sunday as well so um, but like I said it's going to be a very interesting weekend of, of quarterfinal ties and we'll be left with the final four um, next Tuesday morning and your guess is as good as mine right now to who the identity of that final four will be and just to double down on your mention for David Hart there I thought it was very impressive for a man from Kinsale to overcome the bearer representative so that caught my eye so I'll be keeping an eye on his tie with Phil Healy on Monday I think that should be a cracker coming up next we're going to preview this week's Southern Star The Best in the West in association with Access Credit Union Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. We support local communities. We support you. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And before we wrap up this episode, we're going to preview what's to come in this Thursday's Southern Star Sports section. So here and take it away, what do readers have to look forward to? Pretty coming up this week, Jack, as per usual, we have an interview with Kinsale golfer John Murphy, who won a, a, a big American prize last weekend. Um, one, of the, one of the prizes for it, he gets to play in the PGA Tour. So it's a um, good interview with John Murphy in this week's Southern Star. Like, we obviously heard from Orla Cronin earlier, so um, I was kind of a special look at Orla Cronin in, in this week's sports section. I, I talked to Cork Camogie statistician Niall Collins and Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray um, to break down what makes Orla Cronin such an impressive and important and influential player for Cork. Like we said, she's 24. She's going to come into her prime over the next couple of years. So we've broken down Orla's game into the different components and um, to show what her strengths are and it's backed up by stats so it's quite interesting to see how she's developed over the years and how she's become such an important figure for the for the Cork Camogie team as as well as that um, a couple of local cool camps have been cancelled Jack obviously with COVID-19 and restrictions and, a, and local GA clubs have made the decision to kind of pull the plug in their camps this year kind of citing kind of what the restrictions that are put in place as a reason for that also good news for for sports fans in West Cork is that road bowling is making a return next week so with the latest on that it's starting off with underage um, championships with the second part of our women in road bowling kind of three part feature is in this this Thursday's Southern Star and we have a lot more as well so um, while we're picking up the star as per usual Jack it's packed with good local sport feeds and if you can't make it to the shops on Thursday don't forget you can also pick up a copy of the Southern Star online just go to www. forward slash oh I got the address totally wrong in my head there www.southernstar.ie forward slash e paper there that's the right one and you can read the Southern Star for less than two euro per week thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast we'll be back later in the week with a preview of the best in the west quarterfinals if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on itunes spotify youtube google podcasts acast stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show